friends, it's Pam Scamardo, your host of Multifamily Mondays podcast, your ultimate guide to achieving financial freedom through investing in apartments. Today's topic is about OPM. And if you don't know what that means, because I hate acronyms as well, it stands for other people's money. And friends, this is going to be your ticket to success, to fast tracking, to reaching financial freedom sooner rather than later. Um, so I teach a three-part multifamily investing um, series, and I spent a good chunk um, in my class talking about this. So today it's going to be surface level about it. Um, a lot of people always ask me, how do you find the money if you don't have money, if you don't have that wealthy dad, wealthy uncle, wealthy mom, wealthy um, aunt or relative. And I'm here to tell you that 99.9% of all people starting off don't have enough money to close their first deal. And that is okay. It's more about your mindset. You're going to need to break those barriers within your own head to move out. Okay. Hang on here as I talk to you more about what is it with OPM to use to your advantage. Don't fall for those, uh, what is it, marketing tactics of zero money down. You know, you don't have to pay for anything. I'm sorry, you need to have skin in the game. How much skin? That's up to you to determine how much you have saved up or how much you've worked towards. Um, so other people's money is just this. When uh, you have a good deal, and you're passionate about it, or you say, hey, I'm in contract, I need to raise money, who's in? Usually it's your friends and your family that start off with you first. And it's all for love, right? But as you get bigger, your brand gets bigger, your business gets bigger, it's gonna be those friends and family who talk to their friends and family, who spread it to their other friends and family, and then it's a full circle. That's where I'm at now. All I'm trying to say is plant the seed now with your friends, your family, your coworkers of what you're passionate about, um, where you're wanting to go. Do you want to be a flipper? Do you want to be a wholesaler? Do you want to be um, a multifamily investor that's long-term, short-term? So many ways to go about this, okay? So there's no one right answer. But once you know that's what you want to do, talk about it like crazy, to your friends and your family. And so this is why I talk a lot about, uh, you need to have a passion for what you wanna do because it translates more organically. If you're faking it, other people can tell. If you're like, yeah, I have a passion for this, but you really don't, like your facial expression will probably translate that um, to the people. And then they're probably thin slicing you, meaning um, this is probably a psychology term, but you're, our brains are so smart, but when we meet people, we're already determining if we like that person. And it's happening so fast um, that by the time our brain catches up to it, we're like, oh yeah, I like this person. Well, it's probably because of the way they carried themselves. Maybe you felt that they were genuine and you, you know how you can't explain that sometimes or you're just like, I like this person. That's what it is. It's gonna translate that way. So you must have passion first and foremost in what you wanna do, then talk about what you wanna do. And then the people will come to you with funds. Now, let me put a little caveat out there. You, as a real estate investor, you must, must, must follow the SEC guidelines. SEC stands for Securities Exchange Commission. Basically, they, um, they protect investors. They're making sure that you're not doing things illegally, right? So for example, you can't put your name up on a billboard and say, hey, please 
you know, please give me X, Y, Z or whatever. And I'm going to guarantee whatever you cannot do that. So disclaimer, this video is not for the purpose of selling securities. It's for educational informational purposes. You are responsible for your own risks and assessments. So please always consult with your tax advisor, your accountant, your attorney, or your mentor, whoever, before making a decision. So you see how I just gave you that disclaimer? It's because I don't want to get in trouble either. So I'm putting it out there, guys. When you work with other people's money, you need to have an attorney on board because they will tell you what you can and cannot do when you're working with people's money. Now, this is outside of the scope of today's topic, but um, I love working with accredited investors. If you don't know what that means, Google it after this. Um, accredited investors come with a whole set of, I guess, requirements, if you will, makes it easier to work together on deals. But if you don't have an accredited investor on your book of business or your list of people you want to talk to, it's okay. Um, this is why you need to consult with your attorney. So in a nutshell, why is it beneficial to work with other people's money? There's two reasons. Number one, you will be freaking out more if you are holding other people's money because you will be extremely cautious with the decisions you make in acquiring that and how you manage a property, which leads to the success of your business because you're going to operate with utmost integrity on that person's money right and also when you partner with other people you scale up faster so imagine this if you had all the money to go in on a deal for yourself because you didn't trust anyone didn't feel like working with anyone just imagine how long it's going to take for you to get to where you want to be to be financially free. How many deals do you have to do where you front all the money? And think about how long you saved up for that pile of money that you just threw in into one property. Whereas you spread the deal between others, you leverage your expenses as well. That's why it's important to work with other people's money. Um, and then when you scale up, you grow together. And that's more fun, guys. You get to high five one another as you go along. So hopefully that answers the question of how to work with other people's money. You just need to be, um, you need to be ethical. You need to work with integrity. You need to have the passion for it as well. This is not for everyone. And you need to take great care of all the assets you're acquiring and always have some skin in the game. So don't be that person who is working with other people's money and has zero skin in the game. What does that tell me or tell you as a potential investor? Why is it so important that this person doesn't even put their own money in it, right? Even if it's $5, I don't care. They need to put money in the deal. No, I'm kidding on the $5. There should be more than that. So one of my listeners asked, uh, when I get other people's money to secure and acquire a deal, what happens afterwards? Well, here's where the world's your oyster. You can structure it in so many different ways, which is why it's important you find the right people for your property and your group, not just any soul breathing person who has money because you wanna know what their goals are, their financial goals, their retirement goals, because you wanna make them happy as well. So I've done a slew of things where I cash them out um, in year two or three because we agreed to that, or maybe they were a long-term investor writing it out for a long time with me. And so they get cash flow, like a portion of the cash flow every month or dividends, whatever you want to call them. Let's see. I've also had um, a situation where I bought out a, a couple other partners' shares because they were done and they just wanted to, uh, you know, cash out their funds and move elsewhere. 
So you get more of the ownership as well. So honestly, to get to that point, it's like you can structure it any way you want. And here's the thing. I've done it all, I think, in my opinion. I'm still learning of different ways, but I, I feel like I've done a lot of the common methods and exit strategies that people are talking about and reading about. So if you need some guidance, reach out to me and my team. Happy to point you to the right articles, happy to share things with you, or if we need a one-on-one -on -one blueprint guideline strategy system for you, hey, I'm all for that because your path to your financial freedom is going to be different than mine and different than anyone else's. And the sooner you have your guideline ready to go, then you just work towards that. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Okay, so <laughs> this is an advanced topic, but I'll... Um, some people have asked, uh, how do I, how do I determine whether I want to work with a certain investor? And I think that really boils down to a few things that you need to keep in mind. Um, aside from working with your attorney to make sure you're checking all the legal boxes, you yourself do an intuition check, right? You want to interview them. You're going to have a set of requirements that you will get from your attorney that you'll work with, or if you work with me and my team, we'll give you a set of requirements. Um, you work through that to help you ensure that you guys share the same business value. Cause that's the last thing you want is where you guys don't see eye to eye on things. And then the partnership goes sour. Seen a lot of that as well and knock on wood. Um, hasn't happened with me. I don't want to say yet because I don't ever want it to happen, um, but it hasn't happened with me, but I have observed that with some of my other colleagues in the industry. And it's usually what I've noticed is when two guys come together and do like the informal handshake and they don't flush out the details together up front when they form their partnership. And they're like, don't worry, we know you or we were in the army together and we got each other's back. But in real life, like your life changes, you go through phases, you start families, you might be getting a divorce or you might have a disease like a death in the family and your financial situation changes. Um, so my biggest lesson to share with you guys is work with an attorney, flush out all those details, and it needs to be almost like clear, no gray zones. Like think about it this way. What happens if you get sick? If you're married, does your spouse get to take over um, your child? Or what happens if you um, are going through, unfortunately, a, a divorce? How does that pan out? Or another thought is like, what happens if you're just like, I'm so done with this, like over and out, no hard feelings with the partnership, but it's just you want to start doing something else. How do you work that out? So back circling back to like how you vet your investors is key by just asking the right questions, having your attorney involved in the process, flushing out those details up front. And I, I swear, I, you know, like put in all the upfront hard work. That's gonna like help you have a very long lasting relationship with your investors. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. How do I do it? It's really, in a nutshell, I do have a system. As an engineer, we love systems. So I always have, it's almost like, how, uh, it's like if someone asks me, how do you interview a potential intern? I kind of have my system. I have a set of questions that I ask to kind of gauge their capabilities, their values, if they are a good fit, kind of the same idea as you're meeting potential um, investors and partners for your next, um, for your next uh, deal. Don't, don't settle is what I'm trying to say. It's almost like dating, right? Um, you, you don't want to settle. Uh, you want to make sure you guys see eye to eye. The question was, at what point did I bring in an attorney for my first deal? Um, honestly, from the get-go, when I 
uh, was in contract. That was the first person I had to find. And here's where networking really pays off. It was by referral because by then I already had worked um, all the different real estate clubs and investment uh, associations locally that I kind of knew who to ask and where to go and went by word of mouth. Now, if you're unlucky in that part where you don't know a soul, I mean, I don't think there's a Yelp for attorneys, but maybe there are some attorneys that are on there, but it might just take a bit of like Googling and, and just uh, getting a feel, calling and seeing if they're a good fit for you. That might be harder. That's like cold calling someone, but if you can get a word of mouth referral, that's better. So I engaged my, uh, my attorney who's still with me to this day. Um, he's amazing. Uh, since my first deal, once I was in contract, because I wanted him to kind of review it with me just to give me a thumbs up. And I get it. Some people are like, well, uh, Pam, I barely have any money to even close on a deal to even like pay for an attorney. How the heck is this going to work? Guys, it is worth it. And if you need to take out a credit card loan for it, do it. That's all I'm saying, um, because they will save you thousands and thousands of money if you, uh, yeah, because you don't want to do anything wrong contractually and then get sued or whatever it may be. So uh, yeah, so that's, hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> well, I guess that will wrap it up for this week. Thanks for tuning in. And if you really love our content and the topics that I've talked about, please do us a favor and go on to Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you have any burning questions or you want to learn more about a certain topic, feel free to email my team at info at letsgocreatewealth.com. We may feature you in the following week's episode. I'd love to hear from you. So keep on chugging along out there. You guys will get there. And if there's anything that I can help you out with, don't hesitate to reach out to me and my team. You can find me um, on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. We're out there. So talk to you soon.